This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. Anything can happen any given day. You never know what's going to happen. But uh, it's definitely a great feeling to, to know to have a chance to be here for the next three years. Like I said, I feel like we have a really good chance to, to be a contending team here. And um, I think that's where, where I wanted to be. And I mean, like you mentioned, I mean, it's a, it's a tough market out there. You know, obviously the, the big players getting paid a, a lot of money and uh, the middle class, I guess, they, uh, they got to work for it to, to earn it. And I think that's uh, what a free agency is always a dangerous thing to, to go into. And I'm obviously, like I said, very fortunate to be able to be here. Nino Niederreiter signing a three-year extension with the Winnipeg Jets announced this morning, Cam Poitras, Jim Toth. Jim, how you doing? Well, 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 well. Well, well we have well. an extension. We have a game, and we've <laughs> yes. got Cam Poitras back in black and yep. gray. And gray on yeah. the show. I'm doing well, sir. How are you? I'll put away my colorful shirts for. Thanks for bringing some news with you. Yeah, no, that was nice. And then we're going to have Shane Willis, who's a Carolina Hurricanes analyst, joining us after 1230, uh, who so graciously allowed us to uh, bump him for the Nino Niederreiter news because, of course, that's the big the big story heading into the game tonight. For- Mid- middle class working together, Nino and Shane. That's Agree, right. Agreeing yeah. to middle class people switching around. We'll, we'll talk to Shane about that. <laughs> Probably very similar uh, salaries, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, uh, between Shane and Nino. Uh, yeah, so uh, game tonight, 430 pregame show, uh, 630 puck drop at Canada Life Center, the Winnipeg Jets taking on the Carolina Hurricanes. Um We'll also hear from Rod uh, Rod Brendamore, who coached Nino for uh, a number of years in Carolina, um, and we'll we'll hear his thoughts on on the Winnipeg Jets uh, getting a player like him for for the next three years. Uh, so if you're wondering what it is, three years kicks in next season, twelve million bucks, four million per. What's his salary right now, Jim? Well, it's four million dollars for this year. So no no money going up, no money going down, which uh, I'm very surprised by. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on this whole situation. your raise. Is that we want you back? <laughs> Your raise is you have salary uh, confirmation. You don't have to go to uh, free agency for yeah. the next three years. That is worth a heck of a lot in today's NHL. Well, we were discussing this for a while now, Cam, and, and like you and I kind of debated around that if he goes to free agency, there's probably somebody willing to offer him three years, and then the debate becomes: Is it going to be four? Is it going to be five? Is it four and a half? Um, I thought they would have to put an extra year on this, but that's the that's the likability of of Winnipeg. Apparently, like he said early on, he fell in love with Winnipeg and the organization. Um, and you can't quantify that, right? Like, there's probably going to be some players that come here, and um, Kevin Hayes was one of them who didn't like the room <laughs> and he didn't like the he didn't like yeah. the weather and stuff, and and that's fine too, but. This was something that was a no-brainer. And I know that when when his agent was rumored to come into town and, and the start he had this season, but you and I have been talking about this for about a month and a half, two months, mm-hmm. that if you find guys that you know what you're going to get, and he's one of them, you know what you're going to get from him, and a lot what you're going to get is a lot of great stuff, and you can come to agreement on a number. Uh, this is, to me, um, a guy who's 31 years old, who's going to be 32 and go, I know where I'm going to play until I'm, you know, 34, 35 years old. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make the same amount of money. I don't have to take a pay cut. Could he have gotten more on the free agent market? I think maybe a little mm-hmm. bit more like 4.5 to five. Um, I don't think he would have got four or five years on that. But then again, Cam, 
there's what did you say? There's over 250. There's a lot. It is. There's a huge, over 200, I, more than 200 free agents. I, I don't have this the year. exact. I do not have the exact number, but it is over 200 free agents. So he's a guy that I well think over, well over 200. He's a guy I think would be wanted. Yeah, but if he wanted say five million, I think that changes the conversation about the teams that they wouldn't they wouldn't change in their ideas that they want him, but they'd be like, could we get somebody else at three? Yeah. So he ran the risk, I think, of getting a two-year, four and a half, five million dollar deal, or running the risk of getting a three to four-year deal at two point five or two point seven five. So I think it's great for him, and I think it's great for the organization. Yeah. You know what? It, it seemed like that there was something inevitably coming up. Remember uh, over uh, the summer at the IHF World Championships, and and Nino Niederrad, of course, a Swiss national. Uh, decided that he was going to start. Um, well, he decided he was going to go play for his country and the World Championships, as as many Europeans do. Um, and of course, uh, the whole situation is. I mean, it's always funny because um, the IHF is huge. Like the World Championship, huge in Europe, massive. Yeah. Um, so he went over there and said that um, he grew up wanting to win that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, as Ehlers so did. As yeah, exactly. Um, so, like, and then you saw those comments he was talking about Winnipeg. A lot of free agents don't really want to go there because they don't really know what it's all about. He added speaking about Winnipeg. Uh, When you go there, you see the hotel and you see the arena and that's all you see. Sometimes as the visiting team, it's unfair to judge the city. The fan base is fantastic. They take care of their players very well. It's a lot better than a lot of people think. I think this was a situation where it was a fit for the organization. Of course, you have a guy that Nino Niederreiter came in here. He had a great showing uh, after he was acquired at the deadline last year and he really solidified himself as a member of this organization, uh, a member of this this team, uh, a, a good member in the locker room, a guy who is pulling the team, I believe, is a big part of the team moving in the right direction here. Um, it was, you know, like he was fantastic in the playoffs. He was great at the end of the year um, and has really found a home on that third line with Lowry and Appleton. And, and so um, the organization, the money fits, the player fits. Um, and so why not, why not take a shot, get it done, deal with it now and now move on. And now you can start talking to people like if Dylan DeMello, you know, Brandon Dillon, these are other discussions that, you can now start having after you've kind of checked, you know, need a rider off. Well, the list. and I think it helps with those discussions, Cam, yeah. because I think here's a guy who, as you said, isn't going to get a raise. He's going to get four million dollars. That's um, a great point, and and I think that that's the, sort of the thing that you could <laughs> yeah. go to a Brendan Dillon, you can go to a Dylan Demello, and go, um, you know, now Dylan Demello, I think has it, look. I think Brendan Dillon's having a fantastic season. Yeah, I like everything about his game, and I like everything that he brings to the team on and off the ice, and his physicality and his his toughness and everything else. Dylan DeMello has an argument of going, I've career-wise been a third-pairing, second-pairing guy. I'm now on the top pairing. I would like a little bit more money, mm-hmm. and I would venture to say I could go to free agency, and I'm not going to cash in a $6, 7000000 million deal, but I could probably get four Yeah, on a three-year deal. Yeah, I think there's a ton of teams out there that would look at Dylan DeMello as a free agent and go, I'll give you two to three years at $4 million. Mm-hmm. Brennan Dillon's a guy that I look, he could get a raise very easily too. There yeah. are a plethora of teams that even at the age of uh, 34 will go, here's two to three years at four and a half. And Brennan Dillon, 3.9 million. Of course, both these players, UFAs at the end of the year, yeah. and Dylan DeMello, 3 million. And, and so, um, but it helps when you go to these guys and go three more years, guys, two more years, Brendan, three more years, Dylan, three more years for both of you. Yeah. You're making three, nine and three. I'll give you each four and a half. Nino just decided he was going to sign for the same amount that he was getting paid this year. How about four? What do we chip in? We'll make it four and even four. 
you know. I don't know what what's the value right now, Jim, of not going to free agency but with the, with with the, with the craziness well, where things are right now. I th- I feel like not having to enter free agency next year or perhaps the year after. You're, you, I, I feel like that that also has a, a pretty big price tag attached to it. It's an employer's market with over yeah. two hundred oh, free agents. It, it's on the, it's the team side. But right the other now. thing you have to look at, Cameron. We're going to get into the lineup. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Declan Chisholm's. Chisholm. You you have been for years, Jim. I have been for years. I liked him with the moose. I, I like the way he's developed as a, I think, a fourth or fifth round pick. Uh, but he's put up points in junior. He's put up points with the moose. And I liked everything about his game against Chicago. Now, it's Chicago. I was at the game live. I sat in the stands for the first time. So I got a in a couple of years. So I got I don't a different know. I'm perspective. Sitting there, I'm sitting at the desk today, and Jim goes, man, that Connor Bedard is a freaking waste of time. Who's talking about that guy? They should ship him off to the – you should send him back to the WHL. Is that what you said? He literally carried the whole Blackhawks team and made everything happen, and there's nobody to play with to finish anything off. So what's the point? Mm, what's the point your, of having him? Changing your tune now that we're on the air. <laughs> no, I, we'll get no, into the, that the kids, in a minute. The kid's for real. There's I, no doubt about it. It's not often they come as advertised, yeah. everything you hear. It's like a movie, right? You hear so many great things about it, and you missed yeah. it when it came out. So for a year, people have been talking about it, and you see it, and it's good – but it's not as great as everyone told you. Connor Bedard live is as in the NHL. I've saw him in junior. That's a different thing to me. Him live in the National Hockey League as an 18-year-old is as advertised. Yeah. His vision, his speed, uh, his back check, and just his creativity is amazing. Yeah. He's this, worth the price of admission, which we saw with the attendance being the highest it's been this year. Yeah, and this texture says Blackhawks were an AHL team win, Bedard not on the ice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we'll get into that. But to me, I like Declan Chisholm, but but here's the thing about like he's, he's Neon Rider yeah. gets his money. It's yeah. not there's not a raise, but there's some some term there. Yes. Brendan Dillon, Dylan DeMello, you have to make room for some of these guys. Dylan Sandberg, I believe, is a bona fide NHLer for years to come and, and has already established that. What are you doing with Logan Stanley? What are you doing with Declan Chisholm? What are you doing with everybody else? Villain Hainola, this texture says, what's status? Is he replacing one of the D-men going forward? I mean, that's the discussion we're having. So we, if we don't Declan have an update Chisholm, on him yet. If Declan Chisholm plays 20 games this year and is looks ready, um, and Villa Hainola was going to be on the team, yeah. you've got some decisions to make when it comes to free agencies. Yeah, It does not look good for Nate Schmidt's future after this season. No. And no. I know he's got a contract, but... He's already being healthy scratched again, and um, I think he's um, sort of you know embracing that role. But he's got another year at five nine. I, I could see him being moved or a buyout. Yeah, but to make room. But so then you decide, right? If Brendan Dillon, Dillon Demello want to stay, and look, I'll say this again for everybody who continuously says Chevy needs to go because he's been here too long. Other than not winning the Stanley Cup. I don't know what the problem is with Kevin Dayoff. Once again, he signed another contract. It's not overpaid and it's not underpaid. It's not too long and it's not too short. It's a very friendly contract if, for the organization. If you looked at this contract that he just re-signed with Nino Niederreiter and you have anything negative to say about it, I think you need to question where your head is at in a situation in terms of like a national hockey league contract. That, I'm going to go through it right deal, here. It's dynamite. It's ab, it's Jim. I even borderline say it's per, it's almost perfect. Kyle Connor underpaid Mark Shifley underpaid about to be paid properly. Yeah. Nick Ehlers paid properly. I yeah. think. Yeah. He's really 6 million. Uh, Alex, I 4 million. 
paid properly. Nino Niederreiter, $4 million, paid properly. Didn't sign that original deal. Yeah. Neither with Iofalo. Gabe Velarde, $3.4 for the next two years. I like it. Fair. Adam Lowry, 3.25 for the next three years. He's the captain of your team making $3 million. Went, if he went to free agency, he would have got five. Mason Appleton, $2 million. That's pretty good. Vlad Nemestikov, $2 million. Morgan Barron, 1.3. Cole Perfetti, ELC. We'll see what he gets. David Gustafson, ELC. Josh Morrissey, $6 million. Underpaid. Nate Schmidt, 5.9. Didn't sign it to him. Now overpaid. Yeah. Didn't sign that deal. Brendan Dillon didn't sign that one, 3.9. Dillon DeMello, 3. They did sign that one. Dylan Sandberg, they have 1.4 yeah, for a good. top four D-men for the next two years. Show me the contract that isn't well. And I know people are going to scream Blake Wheeler. I'll throw 30 contracts at you that if Blake Wheeler was still here, which he's not bought out, the, the, the deal in the final year is is being an issue. Pre-game show starts at 4.30. Puck drop at 6.30 right here on 6.80 CJOB. Jets, Canes, let's take a break. Let's come back this on the other side. This was a three-year side. deal at 5.5. I'd be saying something different. It's a three-year, $4 million deal with no race. Jim, it's brilliant. It's it's perfect. I don't understand. Three years is perfect term, Drafting, too. contracts, perfect resigning. Term. It's a perfect term. Other than not winning the Stanley Cup, I don't know what Kevin Sheldon has Why didn't he sign him for two and a half? Why couldn't you get him down to two and a half? Now, every GM has a mistake on their resume, and so does Kevin Dayoff. But this is another deal of a guy came here in a trade and is looking at unrestricted free agency, and he's re-signed for the same money. You know what's a good deal, too, is Brian Little, if he would have stayed healthy. That was a good contract, too. Let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. Opening day lineup. Chisholm, we were just talking about him. Is he back in the lineup? Well, health. You probably figured it out. Nate Schmidt's a healthy Sorry, scratch. Sorry, did again. I give it away? Okay. Stay who's tuned. Bet- who's between the pipes, though, I've been Jim? before. Stay tuned. <laughs> who's between the pipes? Who's starting for Indeed. the Jets? We'll get into this when we come back. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Hurricanes analyst Shane Willis is going to be joining us right after 1230, but I just want to give you the, the lineup. Connor, Shifley, Ehlers on the top line, Perfetti, Velarde, and Ayafalo. This is from the morning skate. Uh, Nita Ryder, Lowry, and Appleton, Barron, Gustafson, and Janssen, Fialbi, Nemesnikov on the ice, but not part of line rushes. Morrissey, DeMello, Dylan Pionk, Sandberg, Chisholm, Chisholm sticking around as well, and Laurent Brassois will be starting between the pipes for the Winnipeg Jets. We'll be right back. Shane Willis, we'll talk Canes, Jets tonight. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon. On 680 CJOB. Feels like minus five at 680 CJOB. The boys are back in town. It's Jets at noon. You know what? It's they're very um I, I would say I don't want to say over like structured, but they have a high talent they've always had. They've always had this group of you've always kind of expected this. This is what you've expected from afar. And, you know, when you watch it, look at the roster and you're like, man, that's a hell of a team, and then you know, not sure what's happened. But now you see it. I mean they're they're, they're playing a style that um, you, you're very consistent. Like, that's what I see. I'm seeing consistency. And then high-end high, high, end, high end guys are doing their thing. Um, but they have an de- identity of how they're playing, and um, it's hard to play against. And that's how you win in this league. Head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes. That was a good one, Skyler, by the way. That was a real good uh, – that had some good oomph to it. I can't believe you were not playing the boys wow. are back in town. It's tough. It's tough when I, like, do that and then you go into a clip, which is completely fair. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why, are you, why are you yelling at the clip? <laughs> 
It's Rod. It's Trying Rod. To get Rod's Brandemore. attention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's uh, a high, he's after a high the, energy guy. Yeah. Squeezing a <laughs> squeezing a, a pregame availability between workouts and uh, protein shakes. I think chest and back on the menu for Rod today. <laughs> Can we <laughs> still say Rod the Bot on the air? Because he is Rod the Bot. That was his nickname 30 years ago. And he yeah. still is Rod the Bot. When he was in uh, ESPN last, uh, the magazine last year. When he was chopping wood back in Campbell River. Yeah. I, I know I worked with a guy in Cranbrook, BC, who grew up with Rod, played some minor hockey with him, and said he still to this day, this was 15 years ago, still worked out twice a day. Like as a coach, would be back at, back home working out in the morning and then try to get him to golf or something in the afternoon. He's like, well, i got to get my second workout in. I think it's just awesome that guys like Rod and Ken Hitchcock can simultaneously exist in the NHL and both be great coaches. Or guys like Rod and me yeah. and Cam. Like, like Rod beats yeah. you into the weight room. <laughs> yeah, like you're exactly. going, you're going. I shouldn't have said that, Cam. Me and Rod. I shouldn't I'll, have said that. I'll, I'll, I'll let it slide just this once. Anyways, Shane Wellis, a Carolina Hurricanes analyst, joins, uh, joins us right now. Pre-game gets going at 4.30. Bit of a wood chopper himself, Shane, with the shirt off, swinging the axe, I bet. Swinging the axe may be a stretch. I'll be going to hit the golf ball maybe a little bit later. It's 65 <laughs> degrees down here and a beautiful day, guys. Hey, it's well, it's minus four. What is that in Fahrenheit? That's like what? That's like uh, that's like 20, 26, 27. Yeah, that's like not bad. Yeah, that's not, not bad. bad. Yeah, not in this. You can this wear shorts when you golf in that for sure. You can. It's going to be plus seven. It'll be like forty-five uh, later this week. So we're, we'll take uh, yeah, it here. I'm still not playing golf in that. Okay. Shane right now is going like, are we at the ESPN Body Magazine yeah. presser or are we doing a game tonight here? Let's get to uh, it. Uh, are, you guys, are you guys currently doing push-ups in the studio? <laughs> well, what do you think about the, the upcoming? I do push-ups every day, I swear the, to God. The Briar just nobody and, sees them. The Briar and the Scotties get going next month. Who's your favorite? Anyways, um, Shane, uh, 23 games for the Jets, 23 games for Carolina. We're at the quarter mark. What do you think so far of the Carolina uh, Hurricanes so far this season? Well, there's been a lot of ups and downs for this team already this year. I think Rod mentioned it just in the in the piece you just played when he talked about Winnipeg and consistency, and that's something he's been looking for his, from his team over the past few weeks, and he's now starting to get it. I think they went out on the long road trip through California, didn't really have the start they wanted, although it was very critical on their start. Just a week ago, we went back and looked at their at their points, and they're at the exact same point as they were last year, and no one was saying anything. So I think they continue to find their game. They're consistently playing much, much better. I think Rod has his lines right now, all four together, in a very good spot where everyone's kind of gelled together and creating the chances you need to win and score. And they Going out on a road trip like they're about to embark on signing in Winnipeg, they yeah. started with a big game scoring six goals against the Sabres a few nights ago. Shane, it, to me the hardest job in coaching, and people debate me on this, but is the John Coopers, the Ron Brindamores, it's teams that have been so good for season after season after season and keeping guys engaged come February, keeping guys at a, a, a same level even into November. Is any of that to do with, with the lack of consistency in your mind that, you know, Carolina has been so good for so many years and I know they haven't gotten over the hump and won it, but um, the job you have to do, and you're a former player, like that's tough when you're sort of, getting into this season again, right? Or or, is, or am I way off base on this? No, I mean, it's a grind throughout the entire season. And did the Hurricanes hit a grind at the start? Sure. But I think the team remained positive throughout every one of their games. The puck wasn't going to the back of that. You start the season this year injured without Sveshnikov. Then Anderson leaves uh, with a tough injury in the blood clot. 
So something this team usually faces over the past couple of years as they're getting close to the playoffs, they've already faced it at the start of the year. So I think they can really go on a run and put games together. I was on a podcast a couple of weeks ago and I was talking with somebody because it was kind of back and forth, win one, lose one, win two, lose one. This team has the ability to win six or seven in a row. There's no question about it. It just hasn't happened yet in the season. And I also think from a media standpoint, when you come out of the gates and you're the odds-on favorite in Vegas to win the Stanley Cup, everyone's going to talk about it. Well, you've lost two in a row. What's going on? And we've just started December. They had a huge win to start the month, and we'll see what happens uh, at the end. I. I just feel like it's there's going to come a time, maybe it's not this year, but maybe it'll be the next year, that this team is eventually going to get over that hump. Because, I mean, when you look at that series in, in the Eastern Conference Final against the Florida Panthers, it, you, you can't really say all the, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes weren't didn't play well. They played well. I mean, they got swept. It was 4 nothing, but there, was, there wasn't any game in, in or, or any period, I even think, in that whole entire time where, you know, you thought that the Carolina Hurricanes weren't, weren't involved here. And so, I mean... What what is the, what is the the next step for this team in in terms of like where do they need to go? Well, that series could have turned. I think with the four or five period of overtime that was played, the Hurricanes win that game. What does that do to that series? Yeah, you're playing that series without Sveshnikov. Teravainen's playing with one hand, and I just think they faced the last couple of years some devastating injuries. The year before, Freddie Anderson goes down. Now you're turning to Ronto, who's capable, but. You don't have that one-two punch or that kind of big one in the net to carry over the hump. So I think this team that was addressed over the summer, when you look at that Florida series as well, when you talk about grit and grind, you go out and sign a guy like Michael Bunting, who's not afraid to get into it and around the net and stir things up. You go out and sign Orlov right out of the gates on day one and make a splash, bringing in a big, heavy, physical defenseman. And you now look at this team, when you look, down the lines, all four, everyone can score. And I think they've gotten that grit that they've needed to kind of push over that hump, if you will, and get rolling at the right time. Everyone's got to avoid the injury bug. I looked at Vegas last year. They didn't lose a guy in their top guys. And, and that's a huge part in winning a Stanley Cup with the Hurricanes. I haven't got past that hump to me over the past couple of years. Yeah, I had Brad McC- or <clears throat> McCrimmon on the show, and he said that. He goes, first and foremost, we were really lucky when it came to injuries. Uh, their goaltender went down, of course, Lauren Bersouin. But other than that, they stayed healthy for the run. Let's talk goaltending with the Hurricanes, uh, Shane. I was a little surprised that both Freddie Anderson and Ante Ranta were brought back, just given how good the rookie played last year. Then I thought, well, they're doing it because it's win now, right? And and then they're doing it because of what happened to Freddie Anderson. One of these guys usually gets injured, and, and they're in win now mode. Um, who's starting tonight, and where do you think this is going with the goaltending? Everything I've heard is that Ronto will go in the net tonight. He was supposed to play against the Sabres before uh, coming down sick. It's kind of been, there's been a sickness that's gotten into the locker room. Svechikov missed the Flyers game. So Ronto will go back in tonight. Kochekov played really well against the Sabres in a kind of a bounce back game as he wasn't great against the Islanders. A couple of things, I think, when you go into the summer and you look at goaltenders that were out there, they're happy with the one-two punch of Anderson and Ronta. You know, unfortunately, Anderson's facing a very tough, tough medical diagnosis now with a blood clot. But in the summertime, when you're looking at these two guys, you have Kochekov, who's capable and still in a very early developmental phase to me when it comes to a goaltender. But Don Waddell goes out and gets both of these guys who are legitimate NHL goaltenders to come back for less money. 
So he's saving money there that he spends elsewhere in the cap to bring in guys like Orlov. And he also has the youngster in Kochekov that can go in and win games. So I think they looked at it as a win-by-committee type of thing, not let's put all our eggs in one basket. Is there a preaching out there to go spend $6 million on? And they didn't feel there was that guy. So you bring two guys back, you save in your cap, and they both have the capability now. Again, Anderson is an unknown for the rest of the season, but you have the youngster in Kochekov who continues to grow in a confident, confident way, and uh, I think he'll be a key factor on this road trip to get some wins for the Hurricanes. Seth Jarvis back playing in his hometown uh, his third year. What trajectory do you see for him? He is uh, on the move, skyrocketing up right now for the Hurricanes. He's had a great start to the season. You know, he sits with nine goals, 10 assists, and 19 points. He's a plus three. But the one thing when you always look, and you guys have seen young players around the National Hockey League, where does their development come from? And one of the areas you have to look at is late in games. When the game is on the line, where are you going to get that goal from? Mm -hmm. And Seth Jarvis leads this team right now in third-period points. In big moments and big-time areas of the game, he has stepped up to score big goals or set up winning goals for the Hurricanes. He has three game-winning goals now, and I just think he's continuing to mature in the right direction. Every once in a while, you think, is the guy going to take one step forward? Seth Jarvis has taken two, three, maybe four or five this season because of where he is around the net, what he's doing playing on the line with Sebastian Ajo, just continuing to make the steps that this organization you know, needs and knows they could get from Seth Jarvis when they took him uh, in the first round a few years ago. And that's the thing about Seth Jarvis. He's earned everything, eh, Shane? No question. He comes to work every day. This guy has a ton of fun on the ice. I think he's one of those kids that comes out and you can see how much fun he's having. But he's also that sponge type of player you want. He's listening to everything from the head coaches. He's talking with veteran players like Brent Burns, Jordan Stahl, Sebastian Hall, who's such a competitor. He's taking it all in, and then he's going out and doing it. He went home this year and put a ton of work in off the ice. He's gained weight, but it's more importantly that he's leaned out a little bit and he's had 10 pounds of muscle into his game. That's helped him when it comes down to those little battles in the corner, little battles around the net to be able to puck, protect the puck and score these big goals. So he's putting the work in, he's listening, and he's having a ton of fun doing it. You mentioned Tara Tarolainen. and um, he's such a great story because he's always been a very good player, but he's on a stacked team and he goes up and down the lineup. With the injuries at the start of the year, he really helped this team and and some of their struggles. and And now he's moving down the lineup again. That that the Hurricanes are healthy, but he, talk about him and being such a key guy that some of the names have changed, some of the faces have, other young players have developed, and he's just been Mister Consistency and really had a great start to the year. Yeah, coming into training camp, that was a big question for Tavo was, what are you going to do this year? Because last year wasn't a great year for him. He was honest with the way he performed. And the one thing he talked about coming, he's like, I have to find my confidence. He goes, it was shot last year. I didn't want to shoot. I was looking for those hard passes. I just couldn't find things. And as an offensive player, you know, if you can get out to a little bit of a roll early on, things will catch fire and you can get rolling. So early in the season, the Canes start without Sveshnikov. Ajo goes down on the West Coast swing, and Terabina kind of becomes the guy, and he gets out to that quick start he needed. 11 goals right now for the Hurricanes. He's shooting the puck more. He's found that confidence. He's always had a great release. Now, his vision, I'm not going to take away. If he's got a lane to pass it, he's going to make that pass right on the tape. But the way he's been shooting, he scores a big goal against the Sabres just sitting right in the power play. 
but he's kind of found that confidence. And as I mentioned, as an offensive player, when things get rolling in the right direction, um, you can stay hot. You mentioned he's kind of a Swiss Army knife for, for Rod Brennamore. You can put him with Ajo. He knows he's always going to have chemistry with Ajo. But now he's got him with Kokodami and Sveshnikov, a guy they need to get going and need to find the back of the net. So Teravainen, with his passing ability, is going to be looking for Sveshnikov with that heavy shot. And if he can find him, he can find him and, and, and make that happen against the Jets here in this one tonight. A pregame at 4.30, puck drop at 6.30 right here on your radio home of the Winnipeg Jets, 680 CJOB. Shane Willis, uh, former NHLer, Carolina Hurricanes analyst joining us. Shane, I always appreciate the – well, I appreciate you, you popping on the show for the first time, and, and hopefully we can talk again uh, uh, some other time if you, if, you, if you join us again. I appreciate it, guys. Enjoy the rest of the day and enjoy the game tonight. Yeah, we will. Thanks, Shane. Former Lethbridge Hurricane, by the way. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. After I'd left my hometown, but <laughs> two years, I think, 96, 97. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lethbridge, eh? Lethbridge, yeah. Is that where you're from? Crime capital of the country now. <laughs> That's not true, is it? Yeah. Lethbridge? Yeah. Little Lethbridge on the Old Man River? It's a cesspool of crime and violence. Oh man! You know a place called like a place that has a has a river that goes called the Old Man River that goes through something. Yeah. It's like a fairy tale. Yeah. I always thought of Lethbridge as a fairy tale. And the big train bridge. Well, yeah, you got a train bridge. That's where the name comes from. Lethbridge. That's right. I think I heard once it was like they left the bridge and then Lethbridge just became Who lazy. They are. I don't yeah, know. Just got lazy after a while. Yeah. Um, I love bringing on uh, former players like Shane on because you, you get that little bit of insight as to like what the difference between a game changer is and isn't like you, you hear him talking about Seth Jarvis. He's the guy on the ice with those final four, final three minutes, yeah. makes that chip, makes that play that leads to a goal and gets to that next level. Well, and that's why I asked Shane and I, I, I just think they're going through like what he said, it's such a grind and they start again and they've been in and around it in the playoffs. Like they were predicted to, and I still believe, yeah. I think they're the team that comes out of the East. I, I'm with you on that. I too. really do. It's, and so yeah, I, I just it's think a matter that of time to me, yeah. it's how you coach that, how you, and that's why I asked him about it as a former player, like how you coach it, how you get them going. You know, they're not a bad team. No, no, no. You know, they're just, you, they might not be executing every night, you know, at a high level, but, um, like you have to coach that, right? You have to go, look, it's not going as good as we've expected to. And the idea of knowing how good you are and getting that out of you is fascinating to me when it comes to coaching. It's a psychological, it's that whole psychology, you know, that's what coaches are nowadays. Yeah. They're not just X's and O's and that side of stuff. You know, there's, there's different levels. There's management and all that other crazy stuff. It's more than just, uh, hey, you go skate, score goal. Um, Play better. Let's take a, yeah. Why aren't you doing what Play I. Play better. Anyways, let's take a break. Let's come back uh, on the other side. I will hear from uh, Rod Brendamore about Nita Niederreiter. I promise that clip will play that. And, uh, yeah, I've been gone for the last two weeks. I'll just uh, make a little quick mention as the, we wrap up the show. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Well, you talk about consistency. I think you know what kind of the game he is. He's not a flashy player, but he's you know a big body that knows how to play. and. Kind of very steady, right? I mean, it's not a lot of highs and lows in his game. He just kind of he's there and does a job that you you want, and um, that's that's why. Yeah, you say some guys bounce around, but it's because they also have teams that want you. You know, there's another way to look at it. And it's uh, Rod Brendamore uh, speaking about Nieder Niederreiter, player he coached for uh, a number of years in Carolina. I think they spent uh, three or four years together. That's a great quote. Yeah, there are guys who are on their fourth or fifth team. And it's because other teams want them. Mm-hmm. And it's because, like, how they grabbed them. Nashville wasn't going to the playoffs. Yep. 
and the Jets did, and Nashville probably said in a year and a half from now, I don't know if we can resign him or if that's the direction we're going. Mm-hmm. We might as well get something for him. But it's he, you know, he didn't leave Carolina because they didn't want to keep him, and he didn't leave Nashville because they didn't like him. They that's a great quote because there are guys yep. who bounce around, and it's because other teams want them. Yep, exactly. Uh, pre-game gets going at 4.30, puck drop at 6.30. The Winnipeg Jets uh, taking on the Carolina Hurricanes at Canada Life Centre. Um, just wanted to take a quick moment uh, just to talk about something. I've been gone the last two weeks. If you've been listening to the show, um, you probably, I don't know, maybe some people know what, what happened, but my uh, my dad passed away um, two weeks ago, uh, almost exactly two weeks ago. And so that's why I've been off the last uh, two weeks. I just wanted to thank my co-host Jim, uh, for holding the fort down uh, on this end. I really appreciate that. You don't have to say anything, but, uh, just wanted to give you kudos here on the air. I also wanted to thank my boss, Heather Steele, uh, here at chorus, um, who has been beyond, uh, supportive over what's been a pretty difficult, uh, couple of weeks here for me. And my dad was a wonderful man, and I love him very much. And uh, also wanted to thank Gilbert Funeral Home in Selkirk, who were just uh, outstanding and really helped uh, things along. So, yeah, so <laughs> wanted to close the show out with that. I just, uh, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that I, uh, I, I, I just took a, a moment to, uh, uh, to say that. So, um, again, pregame gets going at 4.30, a puck drop at 6.30. Winnipeg Jets, Carolina Hurricanes, enjoy the show. And Jim Toth take you all the way until 3 o'clock. And thank you very much, Jeffrey Forge, for producing the show. And we're more than happy to have you back, Cam. And uh, this show is for your dad. So this episode was for Cam's dad. And uh, we'll be back with more military appreciation. I'd also fly the 40 tonight for the Jets game. So those jerseys will be out. Attaboy, Donnie. See you later. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.